good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending where you are. Um, this is Firoz Mantri uh, from Daraja Press. As you can see, our website is up there, uh, darajapress.com. Um, and I'm very pleased to uh, welcome you uh, to the to the show today. Uh, today we're going to be speaking to uh, Nathan Banda from the Zimbabwe Congress of Trade Unions. We get very little coverage in the mainstream media about uh, what is actually happening on the ground in Zimbabwe. What is the situation that's being faced, and uh, what is the labour movement's response? And given the shutdowns that are happening. Uh, how do how do workers organize? How does the labor movement organize? And how do we reach out? How does the movement reach out to the informal sectors? I'm really pleased today uh, to have uh, Nathan uh, Banda from the Zimbabwe Congress of Trade Unions. Welcome, Nathan. Thank you so much for joining Thank us. Thank you. Thank yeah, you very much. Thank you very much. It's a great pleasure to have you on board. Um, um, maybe a, a quick um, uh, overview about yourself. Uh, you're, you're the sa uh, safety and health officer at the Zimbabwe Congress of Trade Unions, aren't you? Co correct. Yes, I am. So, so what does that involve? Hello. Hello. Yes, I can yeah. hear you. So, yes. Tell us about your work. What does what does a health and safety officer do? Right. Um, Thank you, viewers. Um, like said, my name is Nathan Panda, and employed by the Zimbabwe Congress of Trade Unions um, as a safety officer responsible for carrying out workplace inspections, and at the same time assisting employees uh, claim their compensations uh, after injury. You know, sometimes it's very difficult to follow up on your compensation claims, so that's my responsibility. And at the same time, helping affiliates develop policies in occupational safety and health, as well as um, following up and advising them on issues to do with pensions, uh, social security, and the like. So basically, this is what we are doing. Right. So, so in the time of uh, COVID, uh, mm. how does how has that changed your work? What are the challenges you face? Yes, uh, that's a very good, very good question. Um, you know, COVID-19 uh, got us on away. You know, it really caught us on away. Um, we had not really anticipated this would come about. But uh, right now it has given us um, a new way of organizing ourselves and responding to it. And already when um, it was declared a national disaster, we really, you know, jumped around to see how best could we come up with uh, preventive uh, strategies. And uh, this is what really I will also, you know, like talk about as we proceed. But otherwise, uh, the question of COVID-19 is really, really, you know, uh, giving us a challenge. As it is, we are really on uh, lockdown for the next 21 days. And what does it mean to the membership itself? And what does it mean in terms of uh, the department reaching out to those infected? How is the setup like? And I'll, I'll also, you know, give you a bit of uh, that kind of uh, challenge that we are facing. Right. So, um, I mean, perhaps you can help us understand. I mean, 
um, how many cases is that is 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 COVID yes. actually uh, yes. affecting uh, people in Zimbabwe? Yes. yes, it is. It is just like it has done at global level. Um, already, Zimbabwe has confirmed eleven cases, with eight of those, you know, uh, patients having recovered, and three confirmed deaths. That's a big number, you know. When I look at it, uh, it's something not to really uh, say. Look, after all, the figure is old, and uh, we are better off than what we hear happening in other countries. This is an indicator that if we don't act quickly, these figures may really reach alarming stages. And I, I mean, I assume that there's very little testing going on, uh, and, and so you don't actually know how many people are infected. Am I right? You, you know, you, 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 you are right. You know, the challenges with the testing kits, um, in as much as efforts are being made to really see how best we can go on about the question of testing kits, ventilators, and so forth, it remains a challenge. And right. with uh, social media also projecting and saying a lot of things about uh, some of these test kits and so forth, you know, uh, that look, uh, please resist, don't allow, don't, you know, that's again another challenge we, we are facing. And now going to people and saying, okay, let's go for testing. It's good for you and me. It becomes a tall order. But otherwise, uh, the bottom line is that uh, we are still lagging behind in terms of the testing. Of, so uh, so uh, what has been the government's policies in regard to uh, COVID? You, you mentioned lockdown. Uh, can you elaborate yes. what their policies are? Yes, well, what it is is that now um, everyone is supposed to stay home and make sure that uh, we don't really shake hands um, uh, 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 we, we have to have our marks on, you know, every time and keep at a distance of two meters, social distancing uh, in this respect. Um, and that uh, most of the shops should be on shutdown, save for those that are essential services like uh, the pharmaceuticals, hospitals, uh, you know, those are areas where given letters, you know, you would really, you know, pass through and go to work. But up to a certain time, uh, say from morning, eight o'clock to about 3 p.m. As I'm speaking to you right now, business is shut down uh, till tomorrow because they are saying we need to contain these uh, schools have been shut down uh, and so on. Just like what is happening at glo global level in terms of really the right. shutdown. Yeah, and all of us uh, think uh, South Africa is even extended by another two weeks, yeah. which means yeah. this is a serious issue. So, so the, the, the government's coming out with policies which many African governments have also come out with. Social distances, washing hands, using mm -hmm. soap. Yes. Okay. Yes. Now, it, it how, also, what does it actually mean for for the majority, for example, of Harare's people who live in uh, the townships? Right. I have a challenge. Social there. distancing is really feasible there? Yeah, I, I, I have a challenge, you know, in that respect, because um, look at it this way. 
Um, basic commodities are, are quite scarce. Like now, the staple food, like millimili, is scarce. And wherever there is delivery of maize, for example, you get people going there and crowding, making it a bit difficult. It's really compromising, giving us a challenge in terms of social distancing. But uh, never mind, nevertheless, uh, we now have the majority of people maintaining that, but very difficult, of course, very difficult. So uh, in terms of uh, um, how, how do people have enough access to water? Do they have access to soap to wash their hands whenever they're touching anything else? Right. Um, soap is not a big challenge, but it is water and sanitation, which um, I would like to really uh, stress here. Take, for instance, Harare. Uh, of the suburbs are without water. And uh, the government uh, said it at one stage that uh, they are working 24-7 to ensure that uh, every citizen uh, accesses clean water. And this is the current you know, scenario. So what it means is that, honestly, the issue of water remains a challenge. And now, when you really are talking about washing hands, you know, and so forth, when there is no water, uh, it becomes a challenge. And, and, and buying water is one of the most commodities you know, or things to do. It's very expensive. So that's a million dollar challenge, you know, water and sanitation uh, up to that time that is corrected or resolved, then we'll be talking about, uh, you know, compliance at maybe at 100% levels. So, so in effect, the core of the government's policies are, mm. are, are just not practical for the majority of Zimbabweans. Is that what you're saying? So, sorry, the core, come, come, come again, was, was there? The, 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 the core policies that the mm. government is putting forward, social distancing, washing hands, uh, in practice is, is not viable for most Zimbabweans. Is that the case? It, right. Well, whilst, of course, uh, it may appear uh, viable uh, here and there, but uh, it, it remains it, because of some of the factors I've just mentioned. You know, like like right now, oh, of course, people are already home, but uh, the social security aspect, most of them have just gone home and employers have simply said, look, we won't be able to pay you whilst you are home. And already there is hunger. And what, what the government has done, especially those from the informal economy or SMEs, there's been um, um, an announcement, a pronouncement that look, you register with us so that we reach out to you and give you the uh, cash kind of through cash transfers. And, and now when you're looking at 95% uh, of uh, unemployment figures, and we are looking at 5%, which is former. So 95% is quite a huge figure, for example. And we are not sure who exactly is going to benefit because then the, the policy is not clear whether the workers are going to benefit or how is it going to happen because um, honestly you need to have a sound database uh, that will leave no one behind 
the way I look at it. Right. It's it, it <laughs> very good. There, there, there was a report recently uh, on uh, the government uh, uh, Ministry of Health and Child Care's website uh, yes. that the European U Union has committed an additional 20.6 million euros to the Ministry of Health and Child Care. Um, how will this, the, these funds be used? Are they being used to compensate workers who have been uh, working in industries that have been shut down? Um, no, no. I'm, um, in that respect, uh, it now, like I said, uh, it's now left upon uh, the task force, uh, those, you know, so appointed to look into how best those funds are going to be, you know, uh, utilized on. Uh, because at labor level or ZCT level, we are members uh, at the TNF. Um, we participate, and that's where we discuss most of these challenges. And I think uh, this issue of uh, the EU with the resources coming in, um, Labour is definitely going to table that and find a way of how those resources are going to reach out to the workers who may have lost their jobs. Because right now with this 21-day uh, lockdown, a lot of uh, workers' contracts of employment have been terminated. And casual workers have not been, you know, spared either. So, so, so you can see uh, this is one of the greatest uh, difficulties um, labor, you know, movements are facing worldwide. You know, because employers are finding it easier to now retrench and lay off stuff. And because they've tried, they are now seeing that uh, working from home as a concept is the way to go. And well why not lay off 10 or 20 people and i continue with people working from home and maybe pay the money commission or an on an agreed kind of figure oh. this is the difficult moments we are all facing as workers was look um i was just receiving texts from different uh, unions uh citing these challenges that uh, look they've been told to really debit their Co uh, vacation days, you know, leave vacation days, have them debited. And by the time you go back, you no longer have any days for vacation. You no longer have any, you know, special leave days. You no longer have any sick leave days, for example, because all have been wiped out. But in countries where, in countries where there is a very strong, compre I mean, a, a very comprehensive social protection uh, system, Governments have taken over to say, okay, we'll pay workers maybe like, is it UK? We said 80%. And so this is what we expected, of course, uh, that Zimbabwe would do the same and say, okay, we'll carry the burden and pay the workers to alleviate the challenges employers may be facing. So these are some of uh, the challenges we are experiencing. And one of the things that we've seen uh, in a number of countries in, yeah. in Africa, in Kenya, yes. in, in uh, uh, Uganda, mm. in uh, Ghana, and in South Africa, you have mm. seen uh, the militarization of the streets. That is, the police and, and armed, uh, off sometimes the army, are put mm. on the streets to round mm. people off. In other words, coercion repression is part of government policy, even if it isn't explicitly said. Is that happening in Zimbabwe? 
Um, I would say um, I'm I'm in I'm in Bulawayo uh, for now, right? Uh, what what we have observed uh, is that uh, those people who have been found loitering in town and in different places, uh, some of them have been like you know arrested for not observing the order, you know, the declaration that all should stay at home and no movements, you know. So if you are found, you know, loitering and you are not sure where you're going, these are kind of challenges you really uh, face up with. So now um, there was also a declaration. Uh, I remember the president saying the army will come in and then complement the efforts of uh, the uh, police in ensuring that uh, there is compliance, you know, sort of 100% compliance. And this is what is uh, happening. There are roadblocks uh, here and there. And wherever you're going, you have to produce a letter asking you where you go, I mean, tell, uh, to allow you a, a passage. And, and these are kind of issues that uh, are happening you know in Blawaro, and i'm sure this is what is also happening in other you know provinces so uh once again as we had in our history uh, the passbook is being brought uh, brought back <laughs> no i'm only yeah. kidding <laughs> um right uh nathan you 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 mentioned um that uh health workers uh and mm. nurses and others are, are considered part of the essential workforce Yes. Um, yes. Uh, we, I heard that uh, the the doctors have sued the Zimbabwe government uh, over a lack of protective uh, equipment, uh, mm. and their court application says that many lives will be lost without mm. urgent action to provide face mm. masks and other uh, needed uh, equipment. Um, yeah. What can you tell us more about that? Can you tell us more about the doctor's actions and uh, uh, how, how uh, I think, responding? No, I think uh, this issue of uh, doctors, um, even before the COVID-19, has been um, an issue um, where doctors really um, went on strike, citing incapacity and so forth, to say we're incapacitated uh, and so forth. And now with the uh, COVID-19, um, we the issue of uh, PPE still remains a challenge, though uh, through the media and other partners or donors are really coming in with uh, a whole range of uh, donations, you know, in the likes of uh, the surgical face mask and so forth. But it does not the PPE does not end there, you know. Even if you have a number of uh, marks and so on, there are also other tools that should be, you know, uh, given to health workers to prevent, you know, the spread and so on. So um, uh, this is really the challenge that uh, uh, they, 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 they are facing. And I, 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 in terms of um, the the court processes. Um, it remains, you know, uh, to be seen how it's going to proceed and how it's going to be concluded. 
but otherwise this is you know some of the challenges and these challenges uh, of the ppe are not only with health workers they are also you know with the, the generality of workers in the private sector for example uh in the informal you know uh sectors or economies you still have these challenges uh, we we were of the view that there should be possibly a rollout program that would make sure that people get those for free for example and scaled up uh, campaigns and uh, programs on uh, um, uh, issuance of uh, these you know uh, ppe uh, gadgets and so on so so these are some of the issues uh, yeah yeah that's how i think uh, how far i can comment as far as this issue of uh, the court processes right are, are, are these are these unionized workers are the doctors and the nurses are they unionized are they part of uh, the uh, congress no 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 they are they are they are, they are not part of the congress um unfortunately but uh, they fall within the civil service, the apex, you know, apex council bodies, uh, and so of course uh, most of them are civil servants. But um, I, I heard, you know, in the corridors at one stage before the declaration of a twenty-one, you know, day sitting, that um, there were some people who were contemplating setting up or, or, or putting in place a union that would be looking at the you know the welfare of health workers which i saw i thought was quite a good idea and that union wants to affiliate to the zimbabwe congress of trade unions and i would personally support that because right. then we'll talk about the health workers in the mainstream of uh, the labor movement itself right and 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 how uh informal workers informal sector workers uh, affected i mean you visit uh, bulawayo yeah. you visit harare you visit any of these a lot of the food uh, a lot of the, the whole infrastructure seems to run on the basis of people uh, being mm. able to be on the streets and supply foods mm. etc what's happening mm. in harare in zimbabwe yeah. now in relation yeah. to that the interesting point is that uh, uh, the president uh, took a tour within the within Harare to make an assessment of compliance, you know, and and uh, it was after that when um, there was a relaxation to say, okay, those who are trading, you know, especially selling tomatoes, vegetables, and so forth, could go back and you know start uh, selling their products. Uh, and 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 there was delight amongst those in the informal the economy from within various uh, locations so but my point really around informal economy or or vending is that with social distancing now uh, the way to go harare if you have been to harare there's been there's always been a lot of people and selling their products and that i see is going to change right i i see that's going to change now and what does that mean is that most of the people will their livelihood will be compromised and they will have nothing to feed on this is what i i i really see will happen so there will be more kind of poverty amongst different families within fam uh, different you know groupings and so on so so uh, th these are concerns that uh, i think um 
as informal economic or as a labor movement, we need to uh, sit down and review and revisit and strategize on how best we could really uh, assist the informal economy uh, players. How, how would we do it under the COVID-19 you know, uh, pandemic? Because policies are really changing this time around. Yeah, they are really changing. You, you mentioned earlier that what part of the, the, the government policy is about working from home. But, mm. but what does it mean for people who are in townships? I mean, how do they work from home when most of, most of them probably don't have internet connection? Yes, yes, yes. You know, <laughs> working from home, uh, when I look at it, is going to also present itself with other challenges. Stress would be one element that uh, we may really overlook, but is likely going to happen. Why? Because one, uh, connectivity is a challenge. And, you know, uh, putting up a Wi-Fi, you know, system uh, is expensive, you know. Um, if I were to really, uh, you're looking at payment, uh, if you want to really have a good, you know, you'd pay as close up to $1,000. So, so that's very difficult. Um, $1,000 is not much. Not many people have that much to really pay towards communication. So uh, uh, that in itself will really create another challenge. You know, people start to experience uh, high levels, you know, uh, stress, high stress levels uh, because of um, unfinished or, 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 or assignments, for example. Well, some assignments would be through emailing and talking to you like I'm doing. But if I don't have connectivity, that's one thing that will really send me into sleepless nights. So, so that's one problem, which will be an occupational illness when I look at it, because then I'm at work, but I have this challenge. I mean, I think the issue of stress, not just caused by lack of access to the to the internet, but but being confined at home, large number of people that, at home the whole time. Yeah. One of the things sure. that uh, are increasingly being reported in uh, in a number of countries is mm. the escalation of both violence against women and mm. child abuse. Mm. Is this true. something that you are seeing, or that's true? Is, is that's that true. something that's happening in in uh, in uh, Zimbabwe? Yeah, it, it's happening, and and it has been happening even before the COVID, you know, nineteen pandemic itself. You know, the fact that you spend uh, a weekend itself is just enough to really cause challenges or problems within your own homestead. So, so um, I agree with your point and observation that. Uh, Besides connectivity, there are also, you know, stress-related, you know, cases as a result of, uh, you know, spending more time at home and, you know, confined to one place. That's stressful. That's stressful. You, you have you have four children. How how are they coping? Are they in Bulawayo? Um, two are in Arare, and then I have the other two here in Bulawayo. Um, yeah. Um, I guess I guess they are coping. Um, I've been trying to really reach out to uh, them, those in Arari. Um, well, there's compliance, they are at home, but uh, the impact now is they are young workers. What is there for them? That, that, that's my uh, challenge now. Mm.
because because of these changes you know we have seen it all uh, up to this age we have seen it all but mm -hmm. in their case now um the future is a bit uh, bleak the way i see yeah indeed one of the the issues that i'd like you to to give us an insight on and that is uh if there's lockdown if there is uh, very limited access to uh wi-fi internet and so on uh what is what does it mean for the labor movement in organizing in the time of COVID-19? Right. Um, we've, we've, um, as, as it's to what we've done is we've set up uh, what we call a WhatsApp group, you know, where we have circulated the WhatsApp to all the trade unions to reach out to us uh, through that uh, WhatsApp uh, number where we will respond swiftly in terms of challenges they may be facing. The, this is what we've done. But uh, generally, uh, this is taking us back to the drawing board in terms of how best do we really start to organize. I'm looking at a situation where after the uh, lockdown, um, we'll hurriedly we'll assemble ourselves and come up with uh, strategies of how we need how we can really organize and also in calculate amongst the situation on new strategies of uh, organizing you know um, using either social media um, you know coming up with uh, virtual virtual meetings uh, video conferencing and so on Th these are really uh, uh, new strategies that we really need to look at uh, otherwise, uh, if you don't do that, uh, it would be really over for most of uh, uh, the unions, the way I see yeah. I mean, uh, those kind of strategies are probably quite useful for connecting with officials of the trade unions. Uh, but mm. in terms of the membership of, uh, of the workers who are members, uh, how feasible is that? No, um, the interesting part is that uh, most of the workers in Zimbabwe, most of them, uh, you'll find that they are really, you know, um, te te technologically uh, savvy, really. They really, um, each one, most of them are really communicating that way. This is how it's happening now. So there's a potential for organizing yes yes because uh, what using whatsapp or similar uh social media tools who are really into this uh, new approach of organizing you know uh the old guys still have that old you know uh school of uh, or method of organizing the young workers or young generation i, I tell you they are now into these gadgets and they reach out quickly you know <laughs> to everyone yeah. within a short space of time yeah. they are they are they are they are, they are together yeah. and and this is the way uh, to go that's why i was talking about uh, now look what do we do uh with trade unions in because this is the another mode trade unions in transition now we're looking at this right how do we really change the way we are organizing or recruiting membership 
do you have to go door to door or you only no. have to really go there when there is really a court case or when it's really necessary? If it's collection I mean, of Jews, Union Jews, they are now, well, you know, these transfers and so forth, as long as one has got an account number, for example, they can do that. So uh, really, and the issues, for example, at one stage, it used to be, I will defend you um, upon termination of employment. You went there with that card. If you are victimized, I'll be there to do it. But now the trends have changed. It's now other issues beyond just termination of employment. Mm-hmm. Contract of employment are now more, there's labor market flexibility now. And, and uh, casualization is the order of the day. You know, so we need to come up with new areas of uh, focus that would really attract uh, the young generation into trade union movements. I mean, I, I, I think you know, there will be a lot of interest across the continent mm. about your thinking on this. And as you develop it, I think it will be important for, for this, how you work out your strategy mm. for, for all of us across the continent, because I think that's uh, the, the, the dilemma of how to organize under conditions of COVID is a, is a major uh, it is. major major issue. It is. It is. It is. What one sort of final question I want to pose to you? I mean, this yeah. um, this lockdown is is going to go on for some weeks, if not months. Um, sure. Sure. And and uh, it seems that that there are when and if we come out of it, there are two different scenarios possible. Yes. Yes. Uh, one is the, a scenario where uh, the rich, the <laughs> the ruling class, uh, mm. enjoys its freedom to suppress and exploit labour. Mm-hmm. Uh, the mm. other is some significant transformations of the way in which we organise our societies based mm. on need, not on greed. Um, mm. How do you see this playing out in Zimbabwe? Yeah, um, I, I think in, in, in Zimbabwe, um, um, out of this uh, lockdown, um, I see uh, quickly going to be a TNF meeting where we'll discuss the way forward. And of course, your observations are, are very correct that uh, look, the, the, the gap between the poor and the richer is going to be even wider. Um, you, 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 you can even tell um, uh, right now that uh, those who are rich, owning you know, uh, businesses and so forth, are actually charging even the commodities you know, beyond measure you know, to a point where the poor cannot afford to buy. And, and, and so, yes, we have no option um, but to struggle and get the money to buy whatever is sold for survival. So, so you, you can see, that's why I was saying, I'm saying uh, after this, there will be a quick meeting. Uh, that's my intelligent guess, uh, that there will be a, a meeting, a TNF meeting called all stakeholders, social partners will gather and discuss around uh, this aspect of um, 
the post uh, the post uh, uh, lockdown. Right. Well, these are these are these are big issues, and I don't think you are yeah. alone in yeah. trying to struggle with the answers to to that. Uh, yeah, sure. And, sure. and I hope that uh, as you develop ideas, as you develop thinking and strategies, uh, there will be further opportunities to discuss with you and your colleagues, uh, yes. because I do think that uh, none of us currently have a very clear idea of what needs to be done, what's the best way of organizing uh, in the time mm. of COVID. Um, and mm. you might be interested in, in Bolivia, the, the, a lot of the people who live under conditions where social distancing is not possible have taken to the streets to organize uh, because they say it's no, it's no, no more risky to do that than it is to uh, do it uh, to stay at home. Um, of course, the increased risk is from the from the police and the army and so on. But, um, uh, but yes, it's been really interesting to to speak with you, uh, Nathan. Thank you so much for for spending time with us. Uh, I, I really appreciate that. Are there any particular and maybe um, and maybe before you, you yes yeah, please yeah before you I, I was I was also you know uh, thinking aloud to say look. Uh, Another way of um, organizing would be to also go out and carry out what they call health impact um, uh, assessments. Mm -hmm. right? um, because then these would give us indicators of uh, the health challenges, you know, faced by most of the workers, for example. Um, had we maybe started doing this way back, would have quickly you know looked at issues around different viruses for, for example and uh, come up with uh, strategies of how best to really you know uh, stay healthy and 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 safe uh, that's another aspect we are moving with in terms of uh, carrying out what we call uh, health impact assessments as opposed to environmental impact assessments very interesting um if there's a message you'd like to convey to to people watching uh this program um what message what can, i would like to yes what would you yes, like to yeah the message i would like to convey to everyone uh, at regional level or globally is that please let's remember you know uh, the coronavirus is real and we need to stop the pandemic at work social distancing is the right thing to do i thank you oh that's thank you that's really important i think you've raised a really important issue as well because um the virus doesn't uh doesn't uh look at national borders this is mm. a global global issue uh True. and so um solidarity uh yes. which somebody once described as uh what love looks like on the streets uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Is, is something that we we do need to and, and organizing this uh, um, these series of uh, uh, video broadcasts under organizing the time of COVID-19 is one small way of providing linkages uh, for people to express that uh, solidarity. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Absolutely. really, thank you very much for, for appearing I, on our I show. Uh, and I, I look forward to being in touch with you 
uh, um, in the future. And uh, um, hang in there. And uh, it's the struggle that's going to make the difference. Uh, Thank you. Aluta continua. Okay. Aluta. Aluta. Thank you. Aluta. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Stay safe. Thank you. You keep well. Bye -bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. And greetings to your family. I will. I will greet them. I will greet them. Thank you. Okay. Same to you as well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank okay. You. Bye. That was Nathan uh, Vanda from the Zimbabwe Congress of Trade Unions. Um, I hope you found this uh, um, session uh, interesting. Um, and uh, we will continue to, to be broadcasting, it looks like uh, almost daily over the next week, certainly. Um, but if there are people watching who are involved in organizing around COVID and who would like to give expression to their, uh, their experiences, please get in touch uh, uh, with, with us uh, via Facebook uh, or uh, you can uh, write to me at, um, oh, I should have done this before, shouldn't I? Uh, I'll just put that up on the screen for a moment. Uh, info at darajapress.com. Uh, thank you for joining us today and look forward to uh, engaging with you in the coming weeks.